Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, everybody. Can you just all turn to Acts 8.37? We are continuing looking at Acts Today, and we're looking at the second half of Acts chapter 8. But just before we start looking into this old story, I just want to have a look at Acts 8.37 in particular. Does anybody have Acts 8.37 in their Bible? Cool. Does anybody else have Acts 8.37? No. What do people have instead of Acts 8.37? Oh, do people have Acts 8.36 and Acts 8.38? But you'll notice that in a lot of versions, Acts 8.37 doesn't exist. I just want to do a tiny bit of history of the Bible just to explain Acts 8.37 and then we'll actually just put Acts 8.37 aside and look at the rest of it. If you're reading a King James Version or the New King James Version, you'll probably have Acts 8.37, which says, for those who want to know, but Philip said, if you believe with your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But most other translations actually just do not have Acts 8.37 in there and have a little number or something to click on that says, in some manuscripts, you may have this verse, and then it continues on. So what happened was, when the Bible was written, well, when the Bible was translated, people tried to use the most current, earliest transcripts that they could find. And so they would go back and they would find these transcripts that were written And the earliest transcripts they could find, that's what they used. But as time has gone on, we've actually found earlier transcripts than the ones that originally were used to translate the Bible into English. And so any translation that was made later on is actually using earlier transcripts than the ones that were originally found. And in the earlier transcripts, Acts 8.37 doesn't exist, but in some later ones, they think that someone added it because they thought it made more sense to the story, because without that one, the eunuch just says, what stops me from being baptised? And here's some water, let's go get baptised. And Philip doesn't actually answer the question. So they think that a scribe trying to be helpful put in what Philip would have said to make it flow and to make the theology of it make sense even though we know from earlier transcripts that actually that verse was never put in there. So most translations don't actually have that verse in there, but make the point of saying some transcripts do just to try and make sure that they are being authentic to what is known and what's not known. Does that make sense to people? Cool. So I just wanted to put it out there just so that when we're reading – If people don't go, oh, hang on, we've just gone 36 to 38, where's 37? You know that it actually is deliberately not put in there because of when we started translating the Bible into English, we used 
some translations, some manuscripts that did have it, but then because of some great historians and some archaeologists, they actually found earlier manuscripts and that's what we really use to write the translations that most of us use today. So now that that part is out of the way, let's get on to Acts 8. The first half of 8, which Matt talked about last time, Philip was preaching and a whole lot of people came to know him and we met Simon the Sorcerer. Um, And if you haven't heard Matt's message, it's a really good one about where do we look and what do we actually focus on. But Philip is now continuing on and this is where it says, we're we're reading from 8 Acts 26 and I'm going to read for the rest of the chapter, which is down to verse 40. And it says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, and go down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian urchin, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kadak, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the urchin was reading. He was led like a sheep to be slaughtered and as a lamb before the shearer in silence, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The urchin asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the urchin said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the urchin went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. So when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the urchin did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azokting and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So we have Philip here and the first thing we should notice is that an angel of the Lord appears to him. Pretty amazing. I think it would be fantastic often if an angel of the Lord would appear to me. And the angel of the Lord tells him to go. So you have to ask yourself, boy, what was so important that this angel had to appear to Philip? Well, one of the reasons may have been what was already happening where Philip was. Because if we go back and have a look, or if we just remember from what Matt told us, 25 of chapter 8 tells us this. If we go back, we see from verse 
16, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them because they'd simply be baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So there's a whole lot of people that have heard what Philip said, received Jesus and then received the Holy Spirit. So there's a ministry happening in this place. Things are actually moving and working. And then Philip, instead of getting told to stay there, has this angel appear to him and say, okay, it's time for you to move on. Leave everything else that's going on and go to where I tell you to go. And so Philip gets told to go from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, if an angel came and told me you better go from Jerusalem to Gaza, that would be my focus. I would be looking at what is the best and the most opportune way to get from Jerusalem to Gaza. An angel has told me to do this, so that's what I'm doing. So he goes and he's heading towards Gaza. Now, actually, as we keep on reading the story, as we already have today, he never gets to Gaza. So the angel has told him, take this road, go from Jerusalem to Gaza, but he never actually gets to Gaza. Because there's this Ethiopian in a chariot. And the Ethiopian in the chariot is driving past. And the Spirit of the Lord says to Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So this time it's not an angel telling him. It's the Holy Spirit within Philip that's saying, go and see that. So you see, Philip must have actually been not so task-orientated to actually hear what the Spirit was saying. Because if he was like me, I wouldn't even be listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying because I'm doing what the angels told me and I'm going down this road as quickly as I can to get to where I need to go. But Philip didn't do that. He didn't go, this chariot's getting in my way, bringing up some dust as I'm walking along the road. I'm just assuming Philip's walking because that would make sense. He's attuned enough that even though an angel has told him to go on this road and to get to this place, to hear the Spirit say, go up to that chariot over there. And then when he goes to the chariot, he hears the Ethiopian reading aloud from the Isaiah prophet. And so Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And this amazing conversation takes place. But if Philip was so task-orientated about what the angel of the Lord had said to him, and it was meant to go on this road, he would never have spoken to the Ethiopian. And so I think that one of the first things that God wants us to point out is that sometimes we need to make sure, we're well not sometimes, all the time, we need to actually make sure that we're listening to what God is saying and not just being so task-oriented on the thing that we think in right in front of us. Because the angel actually didn't say, go to Gaza. He just said, go on this road. So I don't know if anybody picked it up and went, Tanya, you actually are misreading what it says. 
when I said he got told to go to Gaza because he actually did not get told to go to Gaza. If you look back, he said, goes on the south road, the desert road, the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. He's been talked to go on this road. But sometimes we can be so task-orientated that we actually miss what God is actually really wanting us to do. But Philip didn't because when the Spirit of God said, go up to this chariot, Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading. And so he asked him a question. And from that question, he got to say that, um, Ethiopian says, well, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? And so the Ethiopian invites Philip up and sits with him. And we read in verse 34 that the urchin says to Philip, please tell me who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with this very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip was told to walk in this road for one reason and one reason only, to meet this Ethiopian and to share Jesus with him. He left a group of people that were hearing Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit to go and speak to one person who was seeking but didn't understand and needed someone to explain it to him. And as soon as it was explained to him, the Ethiopian goes, "What? can I get baptised right now? Here's some water, let's do it. And as soon as it happens, Philip disappears. And the thing I found really interesting, the Ethiopian doesn't go, hang on, what's just happened? This guy's just disappeared in front of me. The Bible tells us that the urchin didn't see him again but went on his way rejoicing. He didn't go on his way rejoicing because he just saw someone disappear and wondering how that actually happened. He went on rejoicing because he'd been introduced to Jesus and now understood things that he did not understand before. What an amazing story that shows us the heart of God. To send Philip for one person and then when that job was done, Philip went and he started preaching in other towns. But he went this way just for one person. That's how much God cares about the one. And we can sometimes go, oh, yes, how nice that is. That's how much God cares about me, which is really, really true. But today, I want us to focus on the fact that God cares about the one that does not know and understand. And he wants to send us who do know and understand to the ones who don't to bring them freedom and life. And if we're too distracted by the task in front of us, we can miss the Ethiopian who's actually seeking the things of God. When I was in primary school, I had gone to church my whole life from when I was less than a week old. I was with my first Sunday in church. Um, And when I was in grade five, I realised that I needed to make a decision myself for God 
And so I did. But after that, I remember going to my mum one day and crying and saying to her, Mum, I have so disappointed God because when I was in grade three, my friend said to me, hey, Tanya, why are you so good all the time? And the teacher always, like, you're always really good at listening to the teacher and the teacher really likes you because I was a goody two-shoes. And I said, oh, it's really easy if you want to, like, make sure that you're concentrating in class. All you've got to do is, like, sit on the floor with your legs crossed and your back really straight and be ready before the teacher asks you to be ready and always listen to what they have to say and do what they say. And if you do that, then you can, like, live a good life. And when in grade five, I had this revelation that that's actually not true. I remember going to my mum and crying and saying, mum, I told my friend that you can be good by sitting up straight. Like, and mum said, I'm sure God will give you other chances, Tanya. It's fine. And you didn't know back then, so you can only know what you know. Um, But when was the last time that your heart broke for someone who didn't understand? Because if our hearts don't break for those that don't understand, our ability or our how often we will actually put ourselves out for those that don't understand is going to be listened. Because God so cares about the one that is seeking him. And if we are not open and looking for them, we could walk right past them and miss the opportunity. The other thing that Philip was able to do that I think scares some of us is Philip, it says in verse 35, then Philip began with this very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Let's do this, I was gonna, let's do this exercise, okay? So what I want you to do is to get into pairs and explain, like talk to each other and help each other. What would you say if someone said, hey, Who is this Jesus guy that you believe in? What are some things that you would share and tell them so that they could understand and have freedom in Christ? So you don't have to get into pairs. You can get into like sort of groups if you want to. Let's just do groups. So talk to people near you and talk about what would you share? What would you do? You might need to like move. Yeah. Have a conversation. Like just really briefly, what what are some things, what would you want to tell them? What would you want them to understand? So what would people, what would some things that people need to understand to gain freedom and a relationship with Jesus? I just don't know what that is. That's my penis. Have a sip and see what you think. Okay. So... I'm not going to ask you what you guys talked about, but I just want a show of hands. Who went, oh, cool, I sort of know what, what I would say. Who, who yep, went, yep, I sort of, I know, I, I'm pretty sure I know where I'd be going. And, and who went, mm, I really have no idea where I would even start. And who would be in between? In between? In between? 
a couple of things that I want to point out. The first thing is that Philip was very clearly led by the Holy Spirit. So if we find ourselves in a position where we're talking to someone, we can pretty much assume that those are divine appointments from God and he will lead us in what we say. So hopefully we can all just take a deep breath and go, Holy Spirit will lead me when I need to. But secondly, this story actually reminds me of a verse in 1 Peter. And it's 1 Peter 3.15 and then I'm going to read a tiny bit into 16. Um, And it says this. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. If we're not prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have, then we're actually doing a disservice to the discipleship that God has for us and being ambassadors of him. So yes, the Holy Spirit will guide you and give you words, but if he's led you to someone, we need to be prepared to have an answer for who Jesus is and for how other people can know him. And that sometimes actually requires some effort. And it sometimes requires some effort before we find ourselves in those situations. Or sometimes God brings us into those situations so that we have a desire to learn more, so that the next time we're in that situation, we're better prepared. So how prepared are we to reach the ones that God is working on? Because the Ethiopian wasn't like just riding in his chariot, not even thinking about the things of God. He'd been at the temple, he'd been reading scripture, he just didn't understand it. And he needed someone to explain what he was reading about. 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer for those who ask for the hope that you have. And so I'm not even just talking about like walking up to some random stranger on the street and sharing Jesus. But God is actually moving and working in the hearts of people. There are people who are actually wanting to know the truth and just don't understand, just don't know. And we as his ambassadors need to be prepared and ready to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be walking down that street and stopping, listening to what someone's talking about and stepping in and saying, hey, I can help you understand this. But that requires relying on the Holy Spirit to lead us and having some understanding of what we're going to say so that we're not just like, Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know why I believe and how it actually works. So I want you to think about where you think you're at at the moment. If you had a Philip situation, 
where would be the stumbling block for you? Would it be I didn't actually hear what the Spirit says because I'm not actually spending my day asking God, what are you doing situations? Or are you living a life where that is the conversation that you have daily? Hey, God, what, how do you want to use me? What are you actually doing in the places that I'm in? But maybe the stumbling block is if someone asked me, I wouldn't know how to answer. Or maybe neither of those are the issue. It's more I don't really care enough to be looking for people, to be praying that God would bring people along my path that I can share and bring freedom and life to. Or it could be that all those three are fine for you and so you're just living a life where God is bringing people along and you're being able to share with them. And that's brilliant because that is part of being an ambassador for Christ. Is actually listening to the Holy Spirit who loves to seek and save the lost. There are people in our world that is actually wanting to understand. And sometimes we don't see it because we're not looking for it. It's like when we bought a Kia. We've got a Kia Carnival. When Matt first said to me, let's get a Kia Carnival, I'm like, what's that? He showed me a picture of it. And from then on, everybody has a Kia Carnival. Like everywhere we went, there were Kia Carnivals all over the place. Before Matt showed me a picture, nobody had them. Which wasn't true. It's just what you're looking at, which is what Matt talked to us about last week. What are we actually focusing on can determine what we actually see. And so if we have a heart that says, God, who is wanting to understand you more? Put them along my path. Give me the opportunity. Then we will probably find, amazingly, there are people that are actually seeking to understand. But if we're so task-orientated and so focused on what we're doing and not letting the Holy Spirit actually disrupt us and say, there's someone over in this chariot. I don't think you'll find a chariot, but you know, you might then we're actually not being the ambassadors God's called us to. So that's really my challenge for us, is to let's grow this year in being people who are always prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have for anybody that asks, doing it gently and respectfully, listening to where the Holy Spirit is leading us so that we can have stories like Philip where we're walking one way because God told us to, because we're, we're living the life that God has for us, we meet this person who is seeking God and we have the opportunity to bring life and freedom and for them to know God better. For some of you, as I said, if the stumbling block is I'm just not seeing it, just pray and ask God. Ask God to open our eyes. To look for opportunities, to, to be willing to be interrupted. If the situation is, I don't know what to say, come and talk to me. I'm not an expert in this, but I have actually trained a whole lot of people to be able to go and share the gospel with people in a way that is simple and understandable and just gives you some confidence to be able to go, if someone asked, I would know where to go. I'm not an expert. I would know where to go. Do you mean like, and, and sometimes it's having that confidence 
to be able to go, oh, I do sort of know where to go and the Holy Spirit can lead me in this, but I've got some confidence in myself that I would know where to take people that can actually open up opportunities when we're at school, when we're at work, when we're at our shops, when we're with our family, to be able to go, I could actually step people through and give them an understanding of who Jesus is and what they and the freedom that he could offer them. So if that's a stumbling block for you, please let me know. I'm really happy to catch up with anybody because really want to make sure that we are people who are listening to God and are in a, and we're actually ready and prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have for anybody that asks, but doing it in gentleness and respectful way. Because that's what Philip did right here. He met the person where they were at. He, they were seeking to understand. And Philip was able to bring understanding. But it wasn't actually about Philip. Because as I already mentioned, when Philip disappeared, the Ethiopian's not like, where's Philip gone? This is amazing. This guy's disappeared. He's rejoicing because of the freedom and the hope and the relationship that he has just discovered with Jesus. Because it wasn't about the person, it was actually about God. And that's the kind of people that we want to be, where it's not about us, but God can use us. And we want to be prepared, we want to be ready, and we want to have a mindset that says, God, if anybody asks, I'm not going to just go, nice question, did you see what the football scores were? But I'm going to be prepared and ready so that when God brings people along who are seeking after him, I can be used to be his ambassador and bring freedom and hope for people. Let me pray. God, I do just pray that we as a community and as individuals will have our eyes opened to those who are seeking after you, God. You make it really clear that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, God. And so I just pray, Lord, that we will be willing to hear from you to be led by your Holy Spirit to the people that you need us to be led to, God. Those that are seeking, God, those who want to understand but don't, Lord. And, God, that we would be your ambassadors, that through what you've taught us and what we know of yourself, Lord, that you could use us and give us your words by your Holy Spirit, God, to give people an answer for the hope that we have to help people understand the freedom that is in you, God. So, Lord God, we don't want to be people that are like, yay, how great am I? We want to be people that are able to point people to God, to you, and to say, look how great God is. Look at the freedom. Look at the grace. Look at the forgiveness. Look at the life that he has to offer. And he offers it to you, as Matt reminded us of. So thank you, God, that you offer yourself to everybody, Lord. And I pray that each one of us will be your ambassadors that had confidence to give an answer for the hope that we have and that you will bring people along our path, Lord, who are seeking you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.